Something happened in these woods. Something that has never been explained and is happening again now. Are you sensitive? Do you sense things? Do you sense sensitive things with your senses? Who is watching, Karen? A ghost? An alien? A man with a childlike mind? Never meant to harm Karen. Loved Karen. The past and the present intertwine like young, nubile teenagers holding hands in a deserted chapel. You must not remove the blindfold. <laughs> what began as a childish game ended when a young girl vanished into thin air. Only Peter can help Derek help Karen. But who's going to help Peter help Derek help Karen? I'm Mike. Do you want to talk about it? The Watcher in the Woods. I was surprised by this movie in many ways. <laughs> Say, I was regretting my decision. I think this would be something I'd show to my kids. Oh, that's good to hear. I think it's about a father's love for his child. Oh, absolutely, yes. And uh, a complete stranger's love for that man's child. You wore really ugly outfits. <laughs> Puke yellow, prom night, pale blue, you know. I, I don't even know yeah. where to start Definitely with this film. Definitely not a movie I would consider watching unless you tell me to. Hello, I'm Derek. And I'm Peter. And this is The Mog. In this podcast, one of us suggests a beloved movie from our childhood for the other to watch, and then we talk about it. What made us laugh, what made us cry. And whether or not it explains our fear of oboe players. <laughs> you know, there's this oboe that plays. <laughs> yeah. It's accompanied with the watcher scenes in all of the scenes. Yeah, <laughs> that oboe's everywhere. It, it is the watcher, I think. <laughs> I had this theory that, like... It's an oboe player. Yeah, and it was like, just in the corner. The alternative title is the oboe player in the woods. And he's like, don't mind me. do 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 From now on, uh, when we get into this, we're going to be referring to... I was going to call it Evil Dead Cam, but it's going to be called Oboe Cam. Oboe <laughs> Cam? Was that your alternate title? No, not quite. What was yours? I had The Watcher in the Woods. Don't fear the oboe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had Some Demons Prefer Blondes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Evil Dead Zero. All right. Evil Dead, man. Yeah. Uh, that was around this time, too. Because, well, that camera shot just... The the whole the the monster is the camera thing. Well, that reminded me of Alien, really. Alien, really. Yeah, you know the in Alien Three, how um they do all that POV oh, stuff. Oh, Alien Cam, that's true. Mm. But Evil Dead was before Alien. Yeah, absolutely. 3, I no, I haven't really yeah. watched Evil Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do the whole the camera is the thing and it moves really fast and it's following people oh, and they're looking at awesome. it. Yeah, yeah. I have to watch that. But it's Obo Cam. <laughs> yeah. So, so but um, I have a very important important question apart from what movie we are talking about the movie is the watcher in the woods <laughs> from 1980 it's one of yours and uh my question for you is are you sensitive derek <laughs> do you sense things i'm pretty much jam you I'm pretty much her oh uh, yeah Jan. i'm very um uh, blonde like I, that. <laughs> yeah yeah i can see that I can absolutely see you as a blonde. <laughs> for half the movie, I thought her name was Jen. Yeah, and for half the movie, I thought uh, the girl's name was Allie. Yeah. It's Ellie. And Aylward. I'm still misspelling that. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
but I'll give a quick synopsis. Yeah, please. An American family move into a British country house only to encounter malevolent spirits. The ghost of the owner's daughter, long missing, torments the family's young girl. Or is that really the case? Is it? Oh, because this is a little bit of a mystery. There is a little mystery element yeah. to this. Don't you think? Oh, it's awesome. I love this. You loved it? Yeah. Disney horror film. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to give the background? Yeah. So, <laughs> basically, this is based on a book by Florence Engel Randall uh, called A Watcher in the Woods. and uh, She wrote it in 1976. Ah. And uh, it was directed by John Howe and some uncredited directorial um, parts from Vincent McCavity. All right. Lynn Holly Johnson is Jan Curtis. So she's the protagonist and Kylie Richards as Ellie Curtis, who is her younger sister and Betty Davis as Mrs. Aylwood. Yeah, she was so great. Hey, you liked her? Oh, man. She's creepy, huh? And um, <laughs> she's so domineering. She's been acting since the 30s. Yeah. Well, it was a, I think it was they considered a bit of a coup to get her. Yeah. And I think they pushed the film to come out early to coincide with her like 50 years in film or something all right wow it's a milestone for her too yeah but did you get any background on this film well i just wondered about this it's very strange so it's a disney horror film yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the two don't are not synonymous and we i should have mentioned this is our halloween special (laughs) yeah that's right so it's very fitting because we didn't plan it ahead of time. <laughs> that would, no, it just has coincided. <laughs> but by the time we finished editing, it probably will be well and truly past out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be Christmas next yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to the Christmas episode about Halloween. <laughs> yeah, so John Howe, he was put on board for this because he did this horror film in 1973, The Legend of Hell House, and that looks oh. really freaky. Like, there's just straight up skulls on the the poster. (laughs) Have you actually seen it? I haven't seen it. I'm scared by horror. (laughs) You know this about me, right? I do know that you you have... um, I have dragged you into a few scary films that you um, would not normally go near. And um, so, I went to watch this on Saturday night and it's leading up to Halloween here. So, everyone's dressed up, but it's also um, Oktoberfest. So, there's this mix of slutty vampires and beer wenches <laughs> just like run wandering around. <laughs> and um, so, I, cra- I chuck it on and started watching it. But the intro, man, it is I so l- creepy. I like, love this it. this dark shot I do. of this tree and that's all. And there's um, the music box tune. And it's so tight and it's just so freaky. Your imagination's just like, well, who's watching? You can see through. And it's like, oh, I just had to stop. Nope, nope, nope. Really? <laughs> I'm stopping right now. So, is this basically going to be me explaining everything that happened in the film? Pretty much. Because you turned it off at Sorry. that point. Sorry. The film is actually about woods. It's actually an <laughs> about- agricultural film. <laughs> I had all these tree puns. <laughs> Birches be tripping. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really like the opening shot of this with yeah. the, uh, the wood, the shots of the woods and they managed to get all the creepy trees and lots of... I've seen, you know, other more recent horror films, but none of them really have a go at actually 
enjoying the scariness of the woods. You know, they are always bland woods that people set themselves in, mm-hmm. I find. Well, I haven't really. My mum used to watch a lot of horror, and so that's where I was scarred. Oh. And it reminded me of um, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, which is like this one that really freaked me out. Oh, right. Well, we'll have to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like I was going to ask you, were there other, did this bring any other horror films to mind? Um, yeah, it did. Uh, yes, absolutely it did. There was a film called Frog Dreaming. I had to do a lot of searching to find out what it was because uh... I remembered the film, but I could not figure out what the title was. And I had to go through a whole list of old movies from the 1980s in Australia because it's an Australian horror uh, horror film. Oh, it's Aussie. But it's not quite a horror film. It's more it's actually a bit like Watcher in the Woods in that it's it's a toned down horror film. It's not, you know, lots of violence and it's got kids involved and all of that type of stuff. And in fact, the main character in Frog Dreaming is the kid from ET. Is it really? They got him out to Australia. Yeah, it's set in Australia. And did you know that, that the, the kid from E.T. is actually in The Haunting of Hill House, a Netflix series that came out? Oh, right. As an yeah. adult? Yeah. Yeah, as an adult. Oh, wow. No, they went back in time and pulled him forward. Into the- <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, is he good? How is he? Yeah, he's good. Well, Frog Dreaming, uh, I'm not so sure about. But, um, but The Haunting of Hill House was really good and that'll scare you. Oh. So, yeah. You, you might need um, some company for that one, dude. You got to calm down to Sydney, man. Hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Stroke my hair. It's quite long now. <laughs> oh, God. But this was 1980 in film. And this was the year of Empire Strikes Back, dude. Yeah. And the Blues Brothers. But also uh, The Shining. And um, it was the year that Sir Alfred Hitchcock died. And there's a lot of Hitchcock uh, influence in this, I feel. Oh, really? I didn't. I just got that vibe. I don't oh, know. Yeah. The suspense. I guess so. I never really thought of that. I guess um, some of the music in it is a little bit reminiscent of, of some of that, isn't it? Psycho, yeah. Mm. The music was by Stanley Myers, who did The Deer Hunter in 1978. Oh, wow. Which is a De Niro film. Yeah. And um, did you know there was a remake of this in 2017? I did I looked at the trailer for it, and it looks like uh, halfway through the trailer they ran out of material. <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. I watched the whole thing. Oh, really? I did, and but I must admit, I I sped it up at parts. <laughs> All right, what did you? What was it like? I didn't actually watch it. Well, the thing is, um, it's. Do you remember the TV show uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, from the nineties? Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart. The star of that directed that film because she was such yes. a big fan of the original. That, I, I did look it up and I saw the director and I was trying to figure out where I'd seen that name before. So that was Sabrina directed. Yeah. Wow. Sabrina. And I loved her, man. I used to love that show. That had an Angelica Houston in it as well. All who right. Was, um, Oh, the Adams family. She was Morticia in. Uh, yeah, that's it. Mm. That's who she was. Oh, I couldn't pick it. Yeah, she was in other stuff as well, but that's because she's aged quite a bit now. She's um, yeah. We're, so have we we have too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what did you think of it? I'll leave that to the end. But there oh, is some. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you before we get into your history. Do you know the controversy about this film? I think that as soon as you look into this film, you can't avoid learning about the controversy because this film actually uh, has two dates 
assigned to it. Mm. So we we are saying 1980, and I was saying 1980 when I first looked at it, but it's actually 1980 and 1981. Yeah, because. It only ran for a week in 1980. It's crazy, right? <laughs> it got pulled from the theatres and replaced with Mary Poppins. The re-release of Mary Poppins. It's crazy. This horror <laughs> film is like after a week. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Mary Poppins. <laughs> this is the Disney new. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. There was an alternative ending to this. In fact, they did a recut of the whole film and cut out a whole bunch of stuff about uh, the occult and witchcraft. But they also cut out the end and completely changed it, which is why there's an uncredited uh, director cameo for Vincent McAviti, mm. um, because he he directed the ending, enti- the new ending entirely. And that's the version that I watched is the new, is the new ending so to speak, new. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad because that's the ending I was familiar with and yeah. I'm glad that that's the one because the other endings are pretty hilarious. You've seen it then. Oh, yeah. Did you want to talk about it when we get to Act 3 or do you want to talk about it now? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, let's do that. Because it's it's batshit crazy. <laughs> but I did want to speak about um, the original opening because there was a different opening. Yes. <laughs> You know, yes, we can talk you know about, about that about as well. That? Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah, but uh, let's uh, let's talk about that in Act 1. Oh, okay, right, right. Okay, gotcha. Is that, oh, well, we could just talk about it. No, no, that's so. good. Um, so, how has this film touched you? So, um, I actually, because it was Halloween and uh, because this was probably about one of the, like, I don't know, we've done a few horror films, you know, Alien and Poltergeist. I thought I would... Uh, just get an I've always had a spooky bent I wanted to look into my background with that so I spoke with my my parents about it wow. to get an idea of you know why is it that I've always been into the supernatural and ghosts and all of that type of stuff and it's actually my mum's fault oh because um she has a background with ghosts and ghost stories and all of that with her parents oh really because um her granddad used to get oh sorry her father my granddad used to wake them up in the middle of the night to watch the ghost train which is on another list of my mugs it's like a 1940s uh, sort of horror horror film that's based on a play right and i had a picture book called bumps in the night which had skeletons in it and the first book that i learned to read from was a book called the ghost at number 13 and there was another book uh, my mum said i really used to like which was called one night at lottie's house and i remember my parents actually with that book the ghost at number 13 i remember my parents teaching me it on holidays when i was on holidays in caloundra mm. so and I've been into, you know, ghost stories and ghost books. There's, I think it was Ghosts and Boggles or something was another book that my mum got for me. So I had always had a history of ghosts and spooky films. So that explains why we had so many videos at home that had scary films oh, in it. Wow. Even though I was probably too young to watch some of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's from your so, mum's yeah. side. Yeah. So And this in- was included then, those films then? Yeah. So this was another one of those VHSs that we had laying around. Um, luckily, we had the full movie for this one. And uh, yeah, I used to love watching this film because of just the um, the scary nature of it and, uh, you know, the scary woods and the unexplained aspects of it as well. Because as we're talking with the, with the new ending, it's a lot more ambiguous than the old ending, which is truly horrifically terrible. 
I thought you would have liked it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it completely changes the genre of the film. <laughs> mm. But it had a, you know, the thing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the about. thing, the thing. Yeah, that was a, yeah. <laughs> but there was also an element of Lovecraft sort of influences in this as well. Yeah, that's what I thought you would have liked. That's what I wrote down. But the funny thing is, is that even changing that ending, the the new one still has a, that sort of Lovecraft feel to it as well. Because it's set in the nature of otherworldly entities. It's not just about ghosts. Mm. So, yeah. Was there any other thing of your background that you wanted to uh, bring up? Well, mainly it was just that um, this brought up for me a lot of, like, why is it that I love these films? Why do I keep looking them up? I remember, you know, I've spoken in the past about Ghostbusters and there's Poltergeist. Um, and, I, and a few more popped into my head while I was while I was watching this. Uh, things like, um, I think it was called Boogity or something, which was another cheesy kids horror film. And oh wow, yeah, just um, just kept bringing back all of these movies and things that I used to watch when I was a kid, and I used to love it all. And yeah, yeah, and that's amazing. So you found out now because it. It's always been a, a theme with you is the horror. Yeah, absolutely. Started with our first episode, Alien. Yep, absolutely. And it's what, and in, in some ways, uh, it's also something that's been a bonding experience for myself and my wife. Yeah. Because I got her into um, sort of that horror film. It's not really horror film genre. It's more paranormally mm. type thing because it's not the gore side of horror. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Conjuring films and Insidious and Alien and all of that other stuff. But it's not like those other horror films like uh, Saw or Hostel or any of that type of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you got to speak to your mom about it. Get to the bottom of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. We've still got to get to the ghost train. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. You'll enjoy that. Yeah. Because it's not not anywhere near as scary as some of the other ones. <laughs> but it's still pretty good. So, yeah, what, what did you think? So, act one for you. Oh, Bo, you didn't. Oh, Bo, you didn't. <laughs> I'm going to insert little Obo sound effects into this. Because... <laughs> um, I'm editing these now, <laughs> so yeah. I can do that. You did a great job <laughs> oh, with, the, with the ladder, man. You were really good. I mean, you had a lot. You you had a hard task to work with with my voice. <laughs> I love the singing. It was great. Uh, I'm terrible. So mine was. I'm looking at the girl in the mirror. She's asking me to save her soul. Um, Is that a line from song? Oh, okay. <laughs> Looking at the girl in the mirror <laughs> She's asking me to save her soul <laughs> Ow! Please cut that Shamo! Oh, Shamo! Shamo, come on! Um, if it was well, the 80s, it would have been perfect. Uh, it was yeah, just a cameo you can, with MJ. I tell you what, if, if you can find it, you can overlay that music <laughs> in the thing in the background of that. My, I had another one which was just Something awful happened here. I can feel it. 
Something awful. <laughs> oh, Jen. Oh, Jen. Oh, she's she's a wonder. <laughs> she's a wonder. Like when she started out, I I thought she was quite good because she's got some sort of depth to her looks. But then, um, yeah. Then when she so it's very in inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. As the movie progresses, I think it was the way that they expressed their voices after a while was fairly high and extreme do you think yeah i agree with that yeah i mean in general the dialogue was quite good like the sisters get introduced don't forget to leave a trail of pebbles so i can grab you before the wicked witch eats you up and you know they're smiling and there's chemistry and if she lives in a gingerbread house i'll eat it up <laughs> it's kind of yeah that's right and there's this through line of uh, ellie and her complete desire to eat everything that she sees <laughs> yeah it's cute he reminds she reminded me of um lewis from <laughs> last stuff oh, right. crapola oh yeah <laughs> Just, you know, irreverent <laughs> yeah that's true that's very true but she does uh, uh un unlike um unlike lewis uh, she probably serves a bit more of a plot device yeah <laughs> But um, very early on, they introduced the woods as like a very reoccurring it's character almost. Mm, um, yeah. And they do a really good job of that, I think. Like the, the way that they did the wind effects on it to get it moving like it's a living thing. Absolutely. Stunning. Yeah. And combined with the sounds of the oboe, <laughs> the flutes. <laughs> and there was some sort of synthy choir. Did you hear that? Yes. A little bit. Da -da. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I know. It. Yeah, that's when they ran out of money for the... For the <laughs> but the stabbing strings is very reminiscent of Psycho. That's true. That's true. Uh, so, Stanley Myers, he did a good job. It was it and, was um, very music heavy, wasn't it? In terms of just that, uh, the the creeping dread of the oboe and uh, the synthy sound, the synthy strings, that string discordant sound to to get you feeling uneasy yeah yeah oh it's that pure 80s vibe it does have that, that well um, it's actually that kind of cusp of the 70s and 80s yeah i wrote that too because there was a little bit of a difference like early 80s was a bit different from late 80s it was I just feel. coming out of the 70s because there's still lots of hair and yeah mop tops and fringes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and still lots of seedy old men Trying to look young. Oh, yeah, yeah. with velveteen jackets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the house is perfect for you. That's what you said yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Isolated. It's a secluded, I would say. I love that old woman, man, the real estate agent. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She keeps um, trying to think of things to say. <laughs> Yeah. And that's where they introduced the, um, the POV camera of the Watcher. I didn't know it was an Evil Dead thing. Um where it's hiding in the trees and it's sort of... Yeah, it's like there's something... You're being the thing that's actually watching. Yeah, I love that so much. And there's this sort of deep bass that they play. It's sort of like a pulsing. Hmm. Did you hear that? Like, it sounded like a heartbeat almost. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, I didn't notice it too much. But, oh, um, so creepy. I wasn't noting the music quite as much. Ah. But, um, yeah, I can't forget the oboe because it's all <laughs> present. At all times. And the castle looks creepy as heck. Mm. This uh, English house. And the chapel in the woods. Oh, my gosh. And the old woman shoots her an evil stare. Um, Mrs. Aylward. Oh, yeah. That's a great way she turns up and she says, why didn't you call me? Oh, it's so good, I, eh? I tried to call you. <laughs> I haven't left the house at all. <laughs> 
She's so great. Mm. And um, the youngest is wearing this weird silver jacket, though, like Grand Prix. <laughs> I don't know what it's Yeah, that's right. She's in a spaceship. Yeah. she just come back from NASA. They, they do do a lot of hard and fast, almost character to development in that very short period where they're looking at the house. Just there's a lot of banter between them all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like very quick, you know, she mm. she writes charming children's books. And I, what was he? He's, he writes for the opera? Something like that. Yeah. And then he starts to play the piano and she goes, when you said opera, I thought he was a serious musician. <laughs> <laughs> she looks genuinely shocked that he's playing jazz. <laughs> what does he say? <laughs> I have a soft touch late at night. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and at that point, I couldn't quite get it because it's sort of just in the opening 10 minutes. Um, but he's British, I gathered, and she's American yeah. and the daughter's American. Yeah. And I sort of got the vibe that when he delivered that line. He's like the blueprint for Austin Powers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the velvet jacket and the hair and his lines. I have a very soft touch late at night <laughs> do i make you horny danger's my middle name <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have too much of a presence i though. wish he was in a mall <laughs> i loved him yeah he was pretty classy. You know who he is um no david mccallum he's uh ducky from ncis oh he is too <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he's changed so much. Oh, he's, well, a scientist he's a good now. character. He's good at playing a character, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't forget him because I, I don't even watch NCIS, and I know who you're talking about. But um, his father was a violinist, and his mother was a cellist, and he played. Guess what? The oboe. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Did I'm even making that up? <laughs> <laughs> Because that was my other alternate theory that the, that the watcher was Daddy Dearest <laughs> <laughs> playing the oboe in the woods. <laughs> yeah, well, if it, it did have a little bit of a mystery bent to it, they added the supernatural elements too quickly. You could have played to the stalker side of things if you wanted to. <laughs> Randy, Daddy Dearest, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kiss my girls to bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're referring to there Because there's this bit where he kisses his daughter on the lips Later on uh, <laughs> um, But yeah, so the, the dialogue comes quick and fast And that's when Mrs. Aylwood, the old lady, um, Betty Davis Notices Jan, who's very blonde And uh, is quite surprised at her appearance And goes up to talk to her Yeah and there's the jazz music still playing in the background, which was a nice touch because it lightens the mood a bit. But then you see this blue glow in the woods mm. and the window cracks and it cuts yes. her hand. So, she's on her own. Uh, Jan's on her own up in the up in the bedroom. And Mrs. Elwood doesn't complain at all that she just broke her, her window. She's got this penetrating stare. It's amazing. Yeah. Do you sense things? I'm sensing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Are you kind? Are you kind? I try to be. And sensitive. Do you sense things? <laughs> yeah. That stare, though. And the bangs, the blonde bangs frame her face perfectly. It reminded me of Daft Punk's One More Time video. Oh, right. <laughs> so 70s. But then she um, opens up to her mom at that point. Can we keep looking? Something... 
felt like something was watching me um and there was a lot of exposition there <laughs> something awful happened here yeah yeah and um <laughs> something awful <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> I can't do jam. Oh. <laughs> so, something awful. It did. Oh, I don't know what it is. Something awful happened here. I can feel it. Something awful. It was quite chilling, though. What did you think of Jan? Actually, when the movie first started, I liked her as a mm. character. I thought she was good. It's just that as it got on and she got more, I don't know, forceful or something, she was very demanding of a lot of people, but it, there's something about it that just felt a bit too forced. I don't know. Like the way that she was talking to random strangers she'd never met, yeah. saying that they have to go to the chapel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get to the chapel. <laughs> Get to the chapel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, but what did you think? Yeah, her acting was a little inconsistent. Mm. She has these very intense stares when she's reacting, like these close-up reaction shots. She holds the camera really well, but then when she delivers a line, "Isn't this a pretty place?" and looks at the sun and smiles. It's just like <laughs> completely lost it. There, right. was, there was this intensity that was there in the close-ups. But when she delivers the line, the next line, I don't know if that's directing because she has it in her. Right. But then but then again, she didn't go on to make anything. Yeah. She went to make a Bond film oh. for your eyes only. Oh, really? But that was pretty much it after this. Well, I know that she actually was originally a, a, an ice figure skater or something. Yeah. She's she got, got like a silver gold it. medal or really? something. Really? Silver- a silver gold, no, a silver medal. All right, okay. For something. So maybe that's why she held a good expression. <laughs> you don't need to act on the ice. Yeah. I'll probably get complaints about that statement. <laughs> so we've uh, just spoken to the old lady and they're moving in now. All right. Oh, no, there and was a line, where- actually, Ellie. The kid just openly says it. Boy, Mrs. Elwood sure was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You're thinking it and you just come out of that last scene and then she says it. It sort of breaks, you know, there's that sense of humor. It's a, a, an awareness yeah. of the thing, which uh, it makes it a bit more realistic in some ways. And the real estate agent, she had a daughter who disappeared. Um, she th- inserts the thread there. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's how we get a little bit of her backstory without any more detail. The mystery begins. Oh, and it, it builds up at that point. She's going to stay here. Is that what you wanted? She's talking into the woods. Oh, it's so good, eh? Yeah. And you look at the woods, there's just this knotted tree stump. <laughs> you think that's what she's <laughs> talking to. Yeah. And you're scanning, actually, the forest. You're looking for something. And the music was creates this real tension. And um, at that point, there was this really quick, wide pan just looking up at the sky to the house. It's so disorienting, but I loved it. It's just like, it really jolts you. <laughs> you just like, you know, you're not watching um, a Disney film at this point with little things like that. Yeah. And I realized, you know, this is 10 minutes. This is like the best intro you could possibly have for a film. Mm. And it's actually a very classic horror film entry. A lot of them start with driving in a car to a place. Mm. Like even some of the most well-known and arguably best horror films like The Shining start off in a car going to a place. It's where they there's motion. Some of the plot can be discussed in the car it often starts that way but it's just whether it's done well or not yeah 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 and the shining was this year it was like the same year as this so they're in the same ballpark Mm. 
Maybe they borrowed the car. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, and then it cuts to them moving in. And that's when she's setting up a mirror. Right. It was the mum's mirror as well. And I liked that there was little details like, move the lamp in here with the rest of my writing things. Just to sort of ground that she was a writer. I don't know. <laughs> little things like that <laughs> impressed me. <laughs> Those little things, uh, I don't even notice them. So I'm glad you know. <laughs> It's, I, I was also very aware of how much I've watched this film as I started watching it. Oh, yeah. Just because it was, oh, man, it was just so much. Um, it just like, it was hard for me to have an opinion because I was just so familiar with it. You know who else watched this film a lot? Melissa Joan Hart. Sabrina <laughs> <laughs> the Teenage Witch. <laughs> That's right. I think she's about my age. <laughs> she might be, actually. <laughs> um... But, but uh, I I love the trick with with the uh, where she looks in the mirror and she can't actually see herself. It was a great effect, oh. yeah. And then the next cut, there's the ghosts, and she was blindfolded. Mm. How did you find that? Oh yeah, it was freaky. Um, yeah, it was freaky, but it wasn't as like jump scary as modern films these days. Yeah, these days they they always supplement that with a, a sound that you know they they would have added a lot of rumbling bass before the glass cracked. Oh <laughs> and yeah. And they would have shocked your ears with some type of loud sound. Oh right. They actually did a, a few jump scares in this. There was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got a jump scare actually when the youngest jumps out in the mask. That's right. Um just next to Jan. That came out of nowhere and that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, there's a, but there's a few things like that they do, but they don't. At least they don't supplement it with those sound effects in those ones because those are fake jump scares. They're a tension relieving jump scare in that if there was a build up intention, they relieve it, but at the same time, it's a false one. There's no actual danger that actually was as a result of that. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. But they do do a few of those. Do you think it adds to it? Oh yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I think it also helps. Uh, keep you on your toes makes you think that something could help happen yeah because i think you do need that otherwise it does pl- it might feel like it's plotting a bit see i got that feeling actually from the very intro shot that tree because it's a very tight shot and it's sort of ambiguous as to a, you know you're thinking something can jump out of you from the tree <laughs> it's like that shot mm. becomes very familiar um, yeah, and they reiterate it all the time with uh, scenes of the woods. Yeah. From there, uh, basically, I went from the shot of the woods to puppies for sale. Oh, right. <laughs> I did notice in her bedroom that she's got a poster of the Fonzie, the Fonz from Happy Days, <laughs> Henry Wrinkler. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so, in the midst of this horror film, you've got the Fonz going, Ey. Fonz. Ey. <laughs> I'm just, I, it's just hard to fathom that that's actually the equivalent of having some hot guy yeah. on poster Henry on Winkler, your wall. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there was that oh, creepy shot then of the old woman taking the lamp out of the woods as well. I, li- I like that a lot because mm. you don't know where she's going and what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's motives are 
held as ambiguously as possible as things go on. It's that mystery. Hey, I just love that. Yeah. And you're going to have to tell me how you felt about the mystery because I know exactly what was going to happen and I've seen it since I was a child. So I didn't know if there was any suspense built up around any mystery. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She was very um, ambiguous in her motives and she didn't give anything away. She's got this face that just like could go either way. (laughs) Mm. I love that about Betty Davis. Yeah, yeah. And she certainly was a very charming woman uh, <laughs> in this film. Um, but yeah, it's a puppies for sale. So and there was a quick is... sound design bit there where it's got a cow mooing, <laughs> rooster, oh, right. cock a doodle doing. Like really fake. <laughs> It's the best thing. <laughs> Puppies say, oh, cool, they're on a farm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> For those who are blind, we know on a farm. Um, and yeah, and they're getting a puppy. And some of the characters just get introduced. Yeah, like Mike. Like Mike. <laughs> Mike is there. <laughs> who is Mike? Uh, he's Mike. He's Mike. <laughs> I don't think you need it. It was... Yeah. No, you don't. But yeah, yeah. It's just like he's Mike. He's the, and he's the love interest. But it's not like a really strong love interest. It's just like a yeah. They're into each other. Yeah, you can see it. Hey, I like that. It was felt very natural. Good chemistry between the two of them. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like those. I like those things where the um, there's a relationship that builds, but it doesn't have to be supplemented by kissing and all of that other stuff. Yeah. Yep. 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 It seems a bit more natural that way. And um, at this point, Ellie does the very red rum moment. Yeah. With Nerek. <laughs> yeah. Red. So Shining came out the same period of time, and you've got Nerek and Karen and uh, Red Rum and Murder. Hey. Yeah. There's something going on. Hey. Yeah. A little bit of espionage. <laughs> Disney I espionage. <laughs> yeah, someone was someone was sitting in someone else's. It's like the Russians versus the Americans. <laughs> Got to put out yeah. this film first. <laughs> we'll just slap together this int- ending <laughs> however we can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, but uh, yeah. So that's when, and we also get introduced to the concept that Ellie is going to get possessed consistently throughout yeah. this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did a good job, Ellie. Yeah, yeah, she did. She did. She was convincing. Though she did blame everyone else for her acting weirdly. Like, um, like she said, oh, why did you do that? Because you told me. I didn't tell you anything. Yes, you did. It was the dog. It was the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was Narek. Oh, my gosh. Narek. Yeah, that's a terrible name. <laughs> there you go. But I like um, how they use all of these really quick zoom shots. <laughs> you don't see that much anymore. <laughs> they did do that. They did the, they did the, um, what is it? It's like the martial arts style zoom in. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Kung fu thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's from. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't see that much anymore. No, you don't. I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> it doesn't really work. <laughs> I love it. I love it even more when they zoom in and then zoom out and then zoom in again. That's uh, that's just that's it's just bouncing amazing. forth, back and forth, like a bungee jump, bungee cord. <laughs> but yeah, the the next sort of big suspenseful moment is where Ellie is playing with Nerek in the woods, and um, she sort of runs off after the car, and you don't know where she went. And Jan sort of is trying to find her, and it's this quiet mm. of the woods, and all you hear is just the radio. I love that music on the radio. It's like oh this God. wah guitar, seventy <laughs> yeah. sort of funk. 
<laughs> it was like wah on a wah guitar. It was like double the wah. <laughs> double wah. <laughs> and it's just the radio though. There's tension in that silence. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where, so she then goes for a walk into the woods looking for Ellie. Um, and that's when the, you know, the, you're getting croached by the woods and you get that feeling going on. And, yeah. And um, Ellie. Ellie. Oh, gosh. Ellie, yeah. please. <sighs> that's the sound of the wind. <laughs> oh, no, wait up. That's Tom Crowley. Sorry. <laughs> Um, and yeah, she does find him, and and once again, uh, Ellie blames the dog for her doing something wrong. Yeah, and they hear the music as well the the same theme from the music box at the start. Mm, that's right. And Ellie thinks that Jan's humming it, but she's not. And there they see a blue ring in the water. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was very mysterious. You don't know whether it's paranormal or you know sci-fi <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Could go either way. Well, there's that sound that goes with it, yeah. like that sort of shot, sort of weird sound, which it's I really very like. War of the World, well, yeah, it's like that yeah. sort of ray gun. Yeah, it's it's sound. like it's a fairly unique sound. Actually, I haven't heard a sound like mm. it. Um, it's like crackly, but also has a bass hum to it. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, you hear that and uh, she looks into the water and then another flash and she falls in. I had that she gets force force pushed into the water. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, boom. It's funny that you should say that because it made me think of the Caravan of Courage. Oh, right. That was a favourite of mine. The Ewok Adventure. Oh, God. oh, it's terrible. But there's a, I think there's a scene in there where he gets trapped underneath the water or something. Yeah. I love yeah. that scene though, where the um, Mrs. Airwood appears, and they just they yeah. intertwine between these two extreme POV cameras. Like it's her face, then the old woman's face, and she's like there in bubbles, and she's red in the face. Mm. It's really violent sort of cuts between the two. It really accentuated the drama there. And then it cuts just like that to yeah to Ellie talking to her, like she's just yeah, woken up. She had to. She saved your life. Mm. And so that was my act two. Yeah, me too. Obo, nah, it's more of a bassoon if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Bassooner rather than later. Oh. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> you don't oh, have man, to try. I really have to prepare myself for these parts. <laughs> I don't know why I'm surprised. Why am I surprised? I'm not surprised. I'm not Hello? surprised. Obo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> what was your act two? Uh, well, uh, Circle of Our Threesome. <laughs> but there were so many other Tom Collie quotes I could have done. All oh, right. I loved old Tom Bombadil. Never meant to hurt Karen. Love Karen. Don't do like the dead birds. He's such a great character. He is. We can get to him. Oh, Tom will make it right. <laughs> I love it. So, so anyway, the reason that Aylwood was stabbing her with her branch was to get her loose from branches she was caught under in the in the water that she fell into. So at that point, Jan opens up to Mrs. Elwood and admits that she saw the ghost in the mirror. And then Mrs. Elwood um, very dramatically softens at that point. You saw her, mm. and 
This is when Jan leads, leads in and asks, can you tell me what happened to her? How she disappeared? Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is uh, 27 minutes in and Betty Davis, it's all in the eyes. It's sort of this subtle, but sometimes not so subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the stairs, but you're glued to it. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's got a very intense expression and you start to get a re- an understanding of why beyond just her being a creepy old woman. It's like, there's a reason for that. And you start to understand what her side of the story is. Absolutely. And then at this point, it's the most elaborate flashback in movie history. <laughs> it was like a different movie. It was young um, Mrs. That's Elwood, right. Mary, oh, John I, and Tom. And that. like, who are yeah. these people? What's going on? It was like... <laughs> But it was the whole yeah. transition with, yeah, the, with the, the lightning and the bell tower. and They're running out of the chapel and, and uh, yeah, there's the burning down of the, um, of the chapel and, uh, and you get introduced to these characters that uh, haven't been introduced to or heard about before until <laughs> half an hour into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, I was like, yeah, I didn't know what was going on. But I was running with it. You don't really have time because she's looking for a daughter and you're with her. And I read this little bit of trivia that she actually shot those scenes with makeup oh, to look 30 years younger. <laughs> that's <Davis>. rubbish. <laughs> and the director sort of, because it was Betty Davis, she said, okay, <laughs> we'll let you do this. But then they had to have a conversation saying that, um, no, Betty, this isn't going to fly. <laughs> and then she, <laughs> to her credit, she said, you're goddamn right. <laughs> no, <it's fun. laughs> I never, I didn't hear any of that. I didn't pick up and find that anywhere. I can so awesome. imagine that. <laughs> and that's an awkward conversation. It is, right? <laughs> After shooting it all. <laughs> uh, and they, they, this, this should have been, this movie should have been called the, the reshoots in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. But I love that how it exits that is the flames of the bell tower and the flames of um, just behind Betty Davis. Oh, yeah. Face. And the flames of the fire. <laughs> that yeah. transition. You don't see that so often either anymore. It's a very 80s thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. Works, though. Yeah, absolutely works. I love it. <laughs> it's very um, inventive. Yeah, yeah. And she tells the um, family at this point, but the mum is sceptical. Yeah. She's not a big fan. Yeah. Probably not too happy that her daughter almost drowned. <laughs> and where is the dad? Is the dad still away? I, not, no, I think he hasn't left yet. Oh, he hasn't left. Okay. No, because remember, there's the bike scene after oh, that. Oh, okay. So, yes, this is the motocross. Um... <laughs> and they say she seems less moody today. I wonder why after she almost died. Oh, right. Um... Yeah. Is that the line in there? <laughs> Yeah, the the wife says to the husband, she seems less moody today. <laughs> but he says that's what she needs. It'll do her good. Night on shining motorcycle. Yeah. He's so seedy, though. <laughs> I always think of him. Austin. He's pretty easy. He's pretty easy going. <laughs> oh, man. What you need is a good boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Ellie comes up and she goes, how many sandwiches can we eat, Charlie? He goes, four for me, one for you. <laughs> 
And um, I love those tire shots, man, of the motorbikes. That was a bit inner space. Mm. And it wakes you up like the noise of the chase scene. That's true. It's another one. They do a lot of loud cuts mm. to these new environments. I found- Like the new scene is very abrupt. I found that it injects a lot of energy in, like, with the it color does. and the movement. Mm. That's true. Um, That's true. And I was wondering about- Mike at this point <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might be none of my business Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I wrote that too <laughs> It's like he's having a conversation with himself <laughs> It's like I don't really um, care if it's none of your business It might be none of my business But do you want to talk about it? You want I to love talk- that though Mike with the mop top and the British accent. He was so dreamy. It actually reminded me a lot of um, the the guy Harvey from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought maybe there's not a coincidence. Because <laughs> yeah. Melissa Joan Hart loved this He film. is very dashing, isn't he, Mr. Mike? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. And you find out... Would you like to come back to my place and talk about it? <laughs> I have a farm. I'm a farmhand. <laughs> And Mike's mom is Mary Pierce at this point. You find out who Mary mm. is. And yeah. they're trying to dig up what really happened to Karen Elwood. Yeah. And while they're watching... Oh, hang on. Was this before or after? I'm skipping around. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, just <laughs> before just, just before that, uh, Jan almost died. <laughs> little, but we can move on. Small plot point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she almost gets hit by a bike. Yeah. The bike goes off the rails and um, the watcher in the woods intervenes, possesses Ellie and... Makes Ellie scream for Jan to come and get off a rock and come to her. And as she does so, the bike crashes. Right. Yes, yes, so yes. So, something's protecting Jan. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's and not yeah. the oboe player, though. There was no oboes inside there. No, there wasn't. I can I can understand why there's a need to gloss past it. <laughs> we need to get more oboe going. Um, <laughs> but... So, so yeah, back so to where mom- I was sort of at was where uh, Mary was telling, she was revealing that we were just larking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we ran out, at least three of us did. And I've never been back there place again. She's such a coward. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, man, what was up with her? She was the weakest oh, link. Oh, God, literally. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I had that line later. <laughs> I had to give it up now. Well, um, yeah, and it's she talks about it being John Keller's idea, and it just like I can't tell if John Keller it sounds more like a porno name or like a muesli, <laughs> muesli name, something you, or or an Kellogg's. alcohol, you know, Kellogg's, <laughs> John Keller's cornflakes. Oh yeah, Welsh sort of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, John Keller's, John's Johnson. But at that point, the dad kisses her on the lips. <laughs> And that's all I wrote. <laughs> Do you know what? I never even noticed it. <laughs> oh, you didn't? Yeah. This and it's the sort of thing I would normally notice, but no, <laughs> didn't notice it at all. Who did he kiss? Jam. Jam. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a okay. little bit Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, give daddy a kiss on the lips then. <laughs> give daddy a big old peck on the cheek <laughs> or the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I like, I like, um, yeah, they're in the car and he's heading off, isn't he? Yeah, he's heading off he's- to the opera to keep his um, musicians employed. And they end up going horse riding, which I yeah. kind of liked. I like that scene. And the horses get spooked. And he does a very, it almost sounds like a like an Enid Blyton thing, you know, a, a famous five where, yeah, oh, come on, let's go into the woods. 
<laughs> I don't think we should, Mike. Yeah. Oh, come on. You're not a coward, are you? Yeah. George, you're a bit of a girl. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old Mike was the, the one instigating that. And it was Snowball the horse yeah, and Coco. I wrote those two. <laughs> Snowball and Coco. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so Mike goes to save Ellie and Jan is uh, left on her own to try to survive. And Coco sort of runs off and leaves her at the church. With a dirty old man. And the oboists in the church. <laughs> <laughs> Would he be the, be the bassoonist if the dad is the oboe? <laughs> yeah, true. Or is it the bassoonist? It was a, it was a wind quintet. Um, um, but I love the camera angles in the church. She's wearing this bright red shirt and it all looks so great. It looks up at the stained glass and like you've got these low wide shots. It's really cinematic. Uh, I should mention the cinematographer at this point, Alan Hume. He did basically a lot of the Bond films around this time. Octopussy, A View to Kill, For Your Eyes Only. Really? Um but also Return of the Jedi. Oh. <laughs> My most favorite film wow, of all time. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting where there's these, like, connections between people because you said that she went into one of the Bond films as well. She was in this film, yeah, Time to Kill. Yeah. So, same cinematographer. So, yeah, there's a lot of, like, a lot of links mm. moving forward. That was 1981, so that was the next year. Right. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's cool. And and is this the point where she goes into... They go into the church? Yeah, and then she sees the the coffin um, with yeah, a and it's got cracked a... open lid. And then she sees the ghost of Karen blindfolded with the psycho strings playing. Yeah, it's good. I actually like that scene. Oh, I loved it. and But very briefly only. And then when she moves in closer to inspect, um, a bird flies out directly at her face with the sound effect of a clucking chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they got all the, the sound effects from Disney's <laughs> cartoons. From, they got it from Mary Poppins. <laughs> but it was very Hitchcock, I thought, at that point with the birds. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There is there is a lot of bird stuff going on, isn't there? Because she sees a crow later on, helps a crow. And I didn't know that it was Tom at this point, but I just had groundskeeper Willie appears. <laughs> and he runs off awkwardly when Mike appears. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's like, this is my opportunity. Oh, bugger, there's another man there. <laughs> oh, bugger. <laughs> Better run off then, run. <laughs> Run, Tom. Better run. move on. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Tom. Tom. My, Tom Colley did remind me of like a, a British uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> he did, right? When he gets dialogue later, the, or the one from what's the one from um, Tropic Thunder? Oh, <laughs> Simple Jack. Oh, Simple Jack. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I. So the question is, did he go full retard? <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was close. It was close, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> because it, the, yeah. So they see, um, they see a reflection. Uh, but they see uh, Karen's face in the coffin. Well, she does, and uh, Mike doesn't believe her. And Mike's like, "Are you okay? Do you want to talk about it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He doesn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> all, I, all I thought, like, and she was getting more, like, the stuff that she was saying was a, a bit more weird and a little bit more out there. And I was just thinking, Mike just wants to jump on her bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because she, she's going, don't you see? She needs my help. And it's just out of, like, you know, suddenly she's convinced that... Um, a person who's been missing all this time needs her help and Mike's like, yeah, I'm still in. <laughs> He's still got a chance. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. But actually at this point I turned on subtitles because I couldn't really get the dialogue and I realised only at this point it was Jan. <laughs> I always thought it was Jen this whole movie. <laughs> no, it's Jan. Shout out to this point to Alex Jan. <laughs> Who I just thought of the rest of this film. <laughs> But then it's starting to get into geometry, uh, like circles and triangles. Yeah, yeah. And Did you pick up on what it was about? Uh, no, actually. I was, yeah, only until the end that it was sort of revealed as the eclipse. Mm, yep. But I thought it could have been that Tom was a geometry teacher <laughs> <laughs> in a past life. <laughs> it's like circles. <laughs> triangles. <laughs> Oh, I'm just thinking about all the Tom quotes. Nearly right now, ain't you? <laughs> when I find him like that there, dead, I buries him. <laughs> uh, we like peas and carrots, Karen and I. <laughs> Couldn't separate us. Like peas and carrots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just keeps going with these quotes. <laughs> oh, because Karen goes, Karen's trapped. Awful things, traps. <laughs> Awful things, traps. <laughs> okay, okay. They hurt. Yeah. They hurt. Awful things, traps. They hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Old Tom will Old make Tom. it right. No. <laughs> <laughs> it <was a> Old <laughs> Tom will make it right. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good. I liked him. Oh man, he was awesome. Yeah, I loved him. He was so great. <laughs> <laughs> Never found Karen. Looked and looked. <laughs> really right now, ain't you? Not like them poor little ones there. And so, speaking of Tom, where he's meeting with Mister Keller at this point. Um, yeah, this is this is that's all, all those quotes are later on. <laughs> And um, he goes, now I told you to never to talk about that night. Get a hold of yourself, man. And he's like shaking him. I love that. Get a hold of yourself. He's, he sounds constipated the whole way through. It. I just love that shaking. You don't see that enough. Get a hold of yourself. And, um, and then I guess we're moving quickly along to the theme park. Where it's Mike and he's like already got uh, Jan's got his arm, her arm around Mike, and he's like, works every time. <laughs> he's so <laughs> sneaky. Um, 
But the nun kind of freaked me, actually. That was a jump scare in the horror ride. The nun- oh, that's the- right. Yeah. And they cut to cut to the the fake jump scare. Yeah. With the, with the nun. And she goes into the Hall of Mirrors and once again, mirrors equal Karen. That's right. And she's, she's screaming out into the mirrors, help me silently yeah but the, I, f- I thought the rides at the fair were nice it's sort of young love yeah. <laughs> in the theme park yeah yeah bit of a bit of a bit of romance going on yeah so yeah after the mirrors uh they go this is when she goes back to the chapel and runs into tom collie and that's when we get all of the quotes all oh, right yeah 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 like I love so is this, much. Is this a Tom Collie's place? Yeah. Oh, it was so creepy, man. When you see it for the first time, he's got animals tied up. And there's like a woman's and a woman's shoe on the ground. Yeah. And they don't explain that either. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> so he's giving all these quotes about, you know. And he comes up to her too. You know, she doesn't uh, like he just has this expression and he's just like, oh, I got you now. Oh, and she's like panicking. He reaches out that outstretched hand and touches her yep. blonde hair. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, <laughs> baby. No, um, he goes, You ain't no ghost. <laughs> you ain't no ghost. And at this point, you realize he's a simpleton. Yep. Yep. That's a right. very sort of, uh, like you say, Forrest Gump type simpleton. Yeah, he didn't go full retard. He's, he's more Forrest Gump than uh, Simple Jack. <laughs> Karen, Karen and I can complete each other. <laughs> what was your other line? I was like, you um, know, animals uh, is like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, animals is like a box of chocolates. You can hang them up dead in your room. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's so good. It's so true, though. <laughs> you can hang boxes of chocolates up dead in your room. Absolutely. Well, he's healing the animals by and he's burying them. That's true. Well, he, that that's the thing he says. Well, I find them like that. I bury them. Then why didn't he bury those ones? They look mm. like they were dead for quite some time. Yeah, that's weird, Drew. Unless I leave them ones up to scale the other ones. And was this like the ring around the roses bit? Yeah, and this is where he actually explains what happened. And oh. that they were doing <laughs> they were doing the um they were doing a very sort of seancey secret society thing. And they cut to John Keller doing his speech. And I love that speech so much. It's so hilarious. Oh, it's ah, a- will you be one of us speech? Yes. Karen Howell, you've been brought to this place to prove yourself worthy of our secret society. We number only three. <laughs> only three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We three alone have passed this test of courage. Many have tried and failed. Like his cat whiskers or something. I don't know. But you must not remove the blindfold. You shall hold hands around you and you must not break our circle. And it just goes on and on. And on. And again. And it gets to the question like, uh, We're looking at you, Karen Howard, willing you to be as one with us. We ask the question. Do I make you feel horny? <laughs> it's the dad. <laughs> it's oh, no, wait. Sorry. <laughs> no. 
say no more. Um, it uh, is this person worthy, and that's this when all, all the stuff hits the fan. Yeah. So they get the lightning bolt and the, the bell crashing down, and there's the mystery as to what actually happened. Mm. And he swears that he didn't see it hit her. She had disappeared before then. Yeah. So um, yeah. And this is when... So, Jan goes back to Mrs. Aylward's yes. place to reveal her findings. And that at that mm. point, Mrs. Aylward shows her the music yep. box. And it's the same music as in the intro. Yep, yep. the creepy. And in the pond creepy, scene. Creepy music. And at this point, the mum freaks the hell out. <laughs> I don't know. She just loses it. We're leaving right now. Howdy ho ho. I'm American. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting out of here. <laughs> and of course there's a storm. <laughs> Lol. Yeah, just suddenly there's a storm and uh and the bridge and they the car stops in the middle of the bridge. Yeah. And they get out of the car and laser beams destroy the bridge. Yeah, and this miniature and car. car explodes. <laughs> I love that. Oh, was it a miniature one? <laughs> it looked like yeah, it looked very Indiana Jones. <laughs> Um, and they're back at the. They go back to the house to to sleep there to recuperate. But the mum shakes her. Stop it! Stop it! This minute, yeah, shake uh, her ass. And apparently that's a reshoot. Oh, because was apparently originally it was a lot more violent. Like she slaps her. <laughs> what really? Yeah, but Disney didn't like oh. it, so it was more of a shaking thing. All right. Yeah. Because um, yeah, Jan love slap. Baby love slap. <laughs> well, Jan Jan is just continuously going up to everyone and telling them that that Karen is alive and that they need to help her get Karen. Mm. Um, anyone who will listen or not listen. Yeah. Back at the house, the haunted house, so to speak. Though it's not really a haunted house, is it? You don't really get much of the house being haunted. Though you do. It's more about the woods, isn't it? Yeah, but it sort of it sort of shifts and mm. chops and changes because at this point, uh, Ellie wakes up in a trance mm. and um, she sort of walks off and you don't know what happened to her, but Jan wakes up and follows her with the candle and it's this eerie silence. Um, and you just hear the sound of the soap in the mirror mm. and you just see that she's writing nearly too late. Uh, is that what she writes? On, or is it something tomorrow? Yeah. Sorry. Do it again tomorrow. And she says, she's saying the words nearly too late. Yeah. And, um, at that point, Jan knocks over the bath salts and it crashes Yeah. and it jolts you out of an alley both at the same time, you know, because it's so quiet. That's really pure suspense. I love that. Mm. Mm. And that's when it all starts to come together. When In she- act three. Mm. Hey, ho, oh, bo. Hey, ho, <laughs> oh, bo. <laughs> it's awful, uh, man. <laughs> I ran out of ideas for this one. I just had calming too late. <laughs> calming. <laughs> it's calming. <laughs> What was the line before? Get to the... Get to the chapel. <laughs> Get to the chapel. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Uh, but yeah, so... Um... And Mike picks up the phone. Jan, what's wrong? Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> this is so casual. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Oh, man. But uh, yeah, so she manages to convince them all to get to the chapel. 
and they all show up just in time and she convinces them that they have to get back into their circle and recreate the initiation ceremony. Well, I thought the dialogue that she used to convince people was quite good. Like, whatever's haunting Ellie and me will never leave us alone and um, lock yourself away in that jury house, prisoner of your own guilt. Yeah. Those were kind of cool things, like with Mr. Keller. And he sort of, he was quite good acting. Was, the script in this was good. Yeah, good dialogue. It was a good script. Um, the circle must return home. <laughs> the magnetic pull of the eclipse. Oh, that's the lines. Okay, <laughs> this is where. <laughs> okay, there. This is where Ellie appears and starts. She's full on possessed at this yeah. point, and and she reveals that um, she is the watcher. Well, no, she's possessed by the what? The she's speaking as the watcher. Speaking as the watcher. Yes, it's not an oboist at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> bitterly disappointed. All along, all along. and a, and an oboe starts to appear next to her. <laughs> And this is where we get the, um, so, uh, this is where this pillar of light appears and it, um. Yeah. And he's saying like, you know, he must return home or it must return home. And the magnetic pull of the eclipse is what transferred our positions with Karen. Mm. Um, so there's a little bit of science. A little bit of science, (laughs) a little bit of, um, supernatural type stuffy wuff going on. Supernatural. But like it was, it was ambiguous enough. That you didn't have to think too hard about it. Yeah. Um, but it was enough to just say that there was an entity and they swapped places and they needed to swap back. And of course, Mary, at this point, she's the weakest link. <laughs> <laughs> the pillar of light appears and then blows, starts blowing she wind. She freaks out. She freaks out. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, in the alternative, I can understand why she breaks the circle. Yeah. You don't actually know what part of that um, <laughs> was one thing and what was the other. Yeah, yeah. What the acting came from. I don't think they reshot the whole thing. I think they reshot right. parts of it. Should we talk about the end, the next ending? Then? Yeah. So, so just to close it off, uh, the pillar of light goes in between them all and uh, Mike thinks that they got to break the circle so that uh, he can get Jan out in time and he he jumps through and grabs uh, Jan just in time and the entity transfers across and they look and Karen is alive and in exactly the same state as she was when she got transferred across. Karen, you're home. And <laughs> so I thought it would be weird for Karen at that point, like in the next blink of an eye, everyone, including her mother, is 30 years older. <laughs> um, but they explain it a, a, a bit in the alternate ending. Um, Tom yeah. explains, it's me, Tom. Yeah. John's here and Mary... <laughs> Um, but in the original, well, you know, the reshoot, this is what they release later. Um, yes. So this is the canon ending that we've just been talking about. And um, in the canon ending, she sees her mom, her aged mom, who she it, she can't, she recognizes. And, uh, and that's when it ends. It just ends there. That's it. Which is fine. Yeah. And it was good. Yeah. It was perfect. Um, but... This movie now is going to be a completely different film. So now we're going to talk about a science fiction film called Watcher in the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> and what the hell, man? When I first saw that, it was after I watched the film and it's so creepy, man. I'm glad that you saw it after you watched the film because it would have changed things completely for you if you'd watched it. Before that. And I can imagine if you had watched that originally, I'm glad you did it because it would have been very scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, that- but it was a real, it was so, okay. So 
<laughs> in the alternative ending, you don't get a pillar of light. Mm. You get an insectoid-looking skull-shaped thing with pieces of fabric for wings, obviously plastic, but very freaky-looking. And uh, I had it as... A cross between sci-fi and fantasy sort of looks like a xenomorph, but a ring wraith from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. And it opens its wings and embraces Jan. Yeah. And then it just takes her off yep. into another dimension. And disappears. And, and it's just like, where's Jan? And the mum comes rushing in. Yeah, that's... She went away. <laughs> <laughs> she went away to where Karen was. It was a seance, and they explicitly say it was a seance there. Yeah. Well, apparently, there was a lot more terminology about it being witchcraft. Mm, the occult. Um, there's a lot... Yeah, um, that they cut out in this version. So, there's a lot more in the entire film that they cut out around that type of stuff. But I don't know if there's any footage of that stuff but there is footage of the end yeah and i don't know did you get to see the footage of them going off into the alien world yes yeah 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 the reshoot <laughs> um so that was all made and just for this dvd special edition because right. i had, didn't have the technology back then to make this transition what happened was the alien flew her cross like dimensions and you see this this the scape the you know the landscape of this alien world and it arrives to the center center point where Karen is held in this broken um, down spaceship. The stasis, basically, right? A stasis field in a broken down spaceship. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so apparently, and this is what gets explained later, is that something to do with the seance that they did uh, was timed at a time with the eclipse that broke the spaceship that. And this thing was an alien, not a creature or anything. It's an alien from another dimension that uh, ship crashed and it got stuck in their world. And somehow, I don't know how, Karen got transferred across and it's stuck in our world and she's trapped in a stasis sort of reverse matter state. Yeah. And uh, he brings Jan there so that she's positive matter and they cancel each other out and that takes them back to Earth. Yeah, that's what I had. She was negative energy. There was a line in the in the ending and Jan was positive energy and they cancel each other out. I didn't know it was a broken down <laughs> ship though. They didn't really show that it was broken in any way. Yeah, I think that was something it might have been written in the script or something. All right. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember exactly where I read it. Because it looked, it looked all right. I don't know. It looked kind of all right. <laughs> <laughs> Special effects wise. Um, can you imagine a film that's all up until that point has been completely about supernatural stuff and then it's just like science fiction-y aliens and inverse fields and stasis fields and like yeah <laughs> it's oh man it's terrible yeah yeah it's so awful well what did you think i don't know i don't really know what to think because i saw it out of context yeah and like there's actually all these scenes as well that were before which do change the color of the film. They were more occulty, if you know what I mean. They were more, um, yeah, like you say, witchcrafty. Mm. And so, who knows? <laughs> if you watch this film in 1980, I would have been freaked. <laughs> well, the heck out I, I think that <laughs> if I saw that, yeah. well, I, I've heard uh, the reviews were really scathing of 
of the original version, like really awfully negative towards it. Oh, right. Okay. And um, I can't remember, and I wasn't able to get a concrete idea of whether people were laughing at how bad it was or people were getting freaked out and you're leaving the theaters or something. But I think, I don't think it was the same. I don't think it was the (laughs) latter. I think it was more of it was so ridiculous and jarring in that it changes the genre completely Mm. and it's just like completely out of the blue and uh, that yeah, that's when they did all the re- had to do all the reshoots and release it a year later. It definitely freaked me out though seeing that thing. It was like, wow, this was the first thing that they put into <laughs> cinemas, man. This is really out there for Disney. Yeah, that's true. It was pretty out there. I didn't think it was that scary. I thought it, but I thought it looked freaky. But I didn't think it looked scary. I thought it looked pretty fake. Oh, I was terrified by it. It was sort of like, is this really what happened? <laughs> like Ellie wasn't Ellie at all. It was like that thing. <laughs> if you can imagine like that thing appearing, it sort of does yeah. justify Mary's reaction. Well, Ellie wasn't in that sequence. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah you just see that thing. And it's like, wow. Yeah, just comes up the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> That's so freaky. Um, but that brings me to the original opening. I don't think I brought that up. Um, no, we, sorry. The watcher is sneaking up on the little girl, scaring her, and the girl drops her doll, and the doll spontaneously catches fire, and the credits were played over this doll's melting face. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot more um, traditional, I would say. Yeah. So you got that music playing over her melting face. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's a different film, hey. It is such a different film, yeah. Yeah, so crazy. So, how did you feel about it then? Oh, I loved it, man. There's so much suspense and absolute pure horror in this, uh, the horror 80s horror vibes. I wanted to ask you, hey, like, um, I find that there's been a bit of a resurgence with 80s horror, especially with the release of Stranger Things celebrating you know, Stephen King and, Mm. you know, all of that sort of era of 80s horror. What else? Like the Evil Dead. Yeah. Well, it's not just 80s horror. It's it's also, well, there's a lot of things 80s. So, absolutely, I agree with you, Stranger Things and all of that. But also- Dawn of the Dead. And Mm -hmm. I was wondering, what is it about this era that, you know, the 80s, what was it about the horror in this era that was so great? I have two separate thoughts on this. Uh, I don't have an answer, but I have two answers. One of them- is that the people who are in a position now to do filmmaking and the people who watch films and uh, I guess in a certain generational category look back at the 80s with a lot of positive nostalgia, like people like yourself and myself. So what terrified us or scared us when we were young may not scare us now, but the idea of and the, the positive experiences that we've had of that time it's that nostalgia that is coming back and we're re-exploring it but with new stories that's one of the that's one of the things i can think of because th- what that means then is that in a couple of years time we're going to get a whole bunch of nostalgia around 90s right. which i look at the apocalypse basically because <laughs> the the fashions and stuff that came out oh, of right. the 90s in the 80s but we'll get grunge music again. No, man, um, I really, I don't think it will because there was something very unique about this film hmm. that um, 
that did spark a lot of the same vibes. I don't think it is just because we grew up in the 80s. Because Stranger Things is a runaway hit mm. of all, like, new millennials are watching it. And they wouldn't have access to those older sort of paths of memory, mm. I think. That's true. Um, well, the, the, the other alternative is that there are the elements of the films themselves that lend themselves to being really good and, and really enjoyable. And yeah. there were ways of doing things or there were directors during that period of time that they can now pay homage to and those techniques that were used for those films are quite effective. Mm. And also in that period of time, you didn't have things like mobile phones and things that if you were... You know, if you had plot devices, these things get in the way of developing the plot because you've got instantaneous communication. You've got all of these things that oh, yeah. you can't, it's harder to build suspense when this person has to get to a phone or they have to let someone know or, you know, the, the lack of knowledge of something is what helps to build the suspense yeah you know we're in a we're in the not society knowledge but we're in a time where knowledge is at our fingertips in a lot of ways i mean if you look at a lot of films that are coming out now there's always a scene of them googling up the monster right <laughs> you can't exactly do that uh in the 80s it's so true though hey the knowledge binds us in many ways mm. so like in the 80s you'd get an old book from like the 15th century or something like that, that, um, you know, the Necronomicon or, you know, looking it up in a library, those things are slower and there's more a feel of diving into the depths of knowledge. Yeah. Whereas let's look it up on Wikipedia is not quite as effective. Yeah, that's so true. Hey, I can't remember. How did they explain the lore in this film? It was all through Tom, wasn't um, it? Yeah. So it was left pretty ambiguous so ring around the rosy was and the actual showing of the ceremony that they did through flashback but that was really it there wasn't much more to it it was through flashback and through uh you know the the music of just that that tinkling music that they use mm. as a as a through line for um referring it, it almost ties itself to the ceremony yeah so i did watch the remake like i say mm, yes. <laughs> 2017 and i love melissa joan hart man i like adore her <laughs> she was the sabrina the teenage witch and this was sort of her directorial debut like a feature film um, and it was a film that she loved as a kid, so she wanted to bring it back for modern audiences. I'm waiting on the edge of my seat. Um, but is this what we need? <laughs> is this what we really need is my question. Why don't we just revive the old films? They really are masterpieces. And there is a reason why this is so beloved, I think. Um, cause I haven't seen it before. I'm watching mm. it for the first time and it's absolutely classic, but I admire her efforts because, <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was probably a very restrictive budget. Right. Uh, it was shot for Lifetime. It was a TV sort of movie. But I do feel it was played way too safe. Like, just the, the way the story was told. It's all just sort of wide shot to medium. None of these extreme sort of violent close-ups. 
and where's the suspense? You know, there's right. this obvious link to Hitchcock in the original. Like, at sometimes it's blatant with the psycho strings, for example, <laughs> and the birds. Mm. Um, but they sort of, this is all diluted in the remake. And what you fall back on is always the performance and the story. And if any of those elements are lacking, then the whole film suffers, I think. And in this case, it's sort of lent too heavily mm. on Jan and Mark. And you commented, actually on it there was this sort of needless backstory to Mike but they really went into this sort of backstory how he's like a farmer that isn't just a farmer and you know oh really more than a farmer this is more than a little village miracles happen here (laughs) (laughs) I just I don't just pick up shit (laughs) and we're just not as engaged with them so there's that lack of warmth that Mike and Jan had Mm. but I do think yeah definitely with the 80s horror they took a lot of risks and that's what it's all about it's um, looking at all of these you know alternate endings of these films (laughs) they went to like a lot of effort (laughs) to like push the boundaries in this Um, you know they were performing a seance (laughs) it's it's no joke dude (laughs) this is the 80s where things were much more traditional especially in america well that well the 80s was like um the satanic panic there was a lot of lack of understanding of those things and yeah you know the exorcist really started this thing around you know the fear of the devil and the occult and all of that stuff and yeah um, right i remembered that as well so, like, all of the new things are very mild in comparison <laughs> to these. <laughs> the, you know, they were really pushing the camera angles and extreme close-ups and, you know, Betty Davis's just very stoic performance. There was no mm. sort of melodrama in it. It was very still. I like that. And I've been watching these um, Dick Caveat interviews on YouTube. He's got, he's a really great interviewer. He had this um, one of Hitchcock and he's talking about tension and suspense and that um, it's very important to relieve tension as well um, through, you know, humor, like Ellie sort of with their throwaway lines about food and, Mm. you know, the motocross moment and the horse riding scenes, they add color and movement and that's, you know, very important to break up tension. Mm. And I sort of noticed that in this film, which is why I think it's really great. Well, I'm really glad you enjoyed it, man, because um, I was expecting you not to, because I found it really hard to gather my thoughts on how I felt about this film. Yeah. Because I enjoyed watching it again, but uh, I couldn't even really see the humor in it at the time after I watched it. Like normally I'm looking for funny things to write or, you know, not that they're, what I write is funny, but um, you can always keep trying. Uh, <laughs> but um, I was left feeling like I wasn't even sure if it was a good film or not. Oh, really? Yeah, not not because I thought it was bad, but because I've seen it so much and I knew everything that happened in it that I could not distance myself from it, which um, has happened on a few occasions with these films. Some of them I can see again with new eyes, but this one, oh man, I found it really hard. Yeah, right. But I did enjoy watching it again. This is high on your nostalgia meter, right? I was really looking forward to seeing it again, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I was trying not to watch it too soon, actually. Oh, right. Yeah, Why? Yeah. Oh, because I wanted to 
sort of have it more fresh in my mind when we had a chat oh, about it. Oh, I see. Mm. Right, right, right. What I loved about this film is the unknown. And I think we talked about this. I'm not sure. The fear really comes from the imagination. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's like hearing the oboe, but not knowing that the oboe player is hiding in the woods, watching your every move. <laughs> <laughs> you quickly turn and look for him, but all you see is the wind. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's pretty. It's it's pretty great. That whole mystery, the unexplained, the the wind, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the woods, um, and you never really get to see what the monster looks like, except for this pillar of light. You know, that's as much as you get to see. Yeah, I like her so much more than them actually showing the monster. That's so true. You're very right in that. It's yeah. the only proper ending. Yeah. Well, man, uh, yeah, I'd give it pretty high. I'll give it a, I think I'll give it nine out of 11. Ah, cool, so, cool. not quite as high as, as uh, Aladdin, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's still pretty good. Oh, nice. So, what have we got next, Derek? Oh, it's very exciting. There's a new Terminator film coming out. So, to pay homage to it, we're looking back at Terminator 2, Judgment Day from <laughs> 1991. Oh, man. That's going to be good. Uh, it's such a classic. And in the new one, they're bringing back um, Sarah Connors, Sarah Connor and, and Arnie. They are. And I'd say that, well, I was going to say that they bring back Arnie, but the thing is, is that he's never left. <laughs> he's never left. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, well, cool. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks very much um, for this one. And thanks to the listeners. Um, I hope you're enjoying uh, how things are going. Thanks, man. Love this film. It was really great. Cool, man. All right. Have a good one. Have a good night. Thanks, everyone. You know, it's leading up to Halloween. That's right. It is Halloween. You're celebrating. We're going to be doing a very American... Uh, hardy har har. Hardy har har. <laughs> That's what we're going to say every time a kid comes up the door. <laughs> Chicka treat. Hardy har har. I think you should do a little shoot with the puppies in a pumpkin. That would be amazing. Well, we actually have a suit for the puppies that is a pumpkin. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just joking, but no. I know. Sorted. It is cute and horrific, and I didn't pick the suit. So I'm I'm going to distance myself from that. But your costume, on the other hand. <laughs> oh, my costume. Yeah, I'm going as a serial killer, so I don't have to get changed. <laughs>